Hello again, and welcome to another Caring Support Podcast. Today, another great guest. And uh, this will be the lovely Dar- uh, Darlene Schindel, uh, who's out in Alberta, doing incredible stuff with nurses and helping the healthcare system, which is going to expand across Canada eventually. But, uh, you know, Darlene, it's great to have you here. Welcome. Thank you. Love to be here. Yeah. Uh, it's always wonderful to see you. Uh, so if you could, for the sake of our audience, sort of introduce yourself and give sort of a, a brief uh, introduction, please. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, I'd just like to say hello to everyone out there and thanks for tuning in from wherever you are tuning in from. So my name is Darlene Schindel and I am a registered nurse. I've practiced in Alberta for many years now. My background is actually in neuroscience nursing and it's taken me from the full scope of opportunities in caring for the people of Alberta um, or wherever they came from, wherever they came from to get care. Uh, In my career, I've worked from the bedside to the boardroom table and everywhere in between. I was always very inquisitive about how can we do things better? You know, it's funny because when I first started nursing and I was always like that and I still have those very first nurses that became my best friends and I don't know how they put up with me, but they did and they nurtured me and taught me, but that was me. How can we do things better? From my nursing career, I went on a degree. I went on to get a baccalaureate in nursing and then I did a master's degree in health studies in leadership with a focus on leadership in healthcare. And you know, it's interesting in all my work, the patient or the person that I was caring for and their families is what mattered most. And you know, surprisingly in 2013, I received the medal of honor for a non-physician from the Alberta Medical Association um, for my contributions to health and healthcare for the people of Alberta. And, you know, this honor, which I was totally surprised about um, and totally honored to receive, was really a reflection of what we can do when we work collaboratively across the healthcare professions. Right. That's amazing. I love it. Thank you, Darlene. So that kind of just the perfect transition to the next question, which is, you know, when when you did this transition, like, how did you? actually transitioned from a nurse to a transformational leader and a coach and and then what would you say overall when you reflect back on it because obviously there's a lot of great things have happened with you and what you've been doing but is there any particular area or areas that you would say were the best part of that journey well you know that's a really interesting story and probably one that many people and certainly many nurses can relate to so right. organizations and that includes healthcare organizations they decide how they run their businesses who they employ how many people they employ how many they need how many they can afford to have on their staff they do that's that's a system structure and we certainly know it well in healthcare so But whenever management makes changes, uh, it usually involves staff because they often are the biggest cost to the business. And we know that is definitely the case in healthcare because when you look at expenditures across healthcare, the the biggest employer are the employees of any healthcare system are nurses. And so that's often where nurse where where money is saved. Let's just cut those jobs, thin things down and we'll save money. 
And so um, that's what happened. It was that was my experience. My job, which I loved, was eliminated. And so was I. All of a sudden, I was there one day doing this major project that the government had wanted us to work on. And then it was, oh, sorry, we're changing now. And so it was gone. And I was devastated because at that time, the work that I was involved with was key to turning, bringing new care plans into Alberta. So it was huge. I had a lot of people that trusted me across different professions. Um, and I really felt like, is that what it feels like to have your work to what you're doing it was a real shock but out of all the life experiences we have come our greatest potential and it, this certainly was my experience and that is where I learned about coaching and I saw a huge potential in healthcare and especially about how this could serve nurses. Um, and people always said to me as I was going through this, I studied for two and a half years um, and really got immersed in the profession and became a certified coach. And people would say to me, oh, my gosh, Darlene, you could do it here and we need to have it here. And we need to have it there. And I struggled to where could I really serve? And it was that year when I was doing my nursing um, registration here in Alberta, in Alberta. And I realized I had this epiphany that the people that I really cared about were the nurses themselves. And so now a lot of a lot of people across Alberta, especially here in Edmonton, in my women's business group say, oh, you're the nurse's nurse. And yeah, that's what I am. But I really um, am focused on um, what I'm focused on is transformational leadership and healthcare, um, and that really includes systems redesign. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, the systems redesign absolutely critical. I think there's way too much band-aid surgery going on, if I can use the term. And really, we have to really get deep into where the problems really exist. And which requires, yes, it's huge, but I think it's scary for a lot of people. But I, there's so many people with with incredible creativity, smarts and, and uh, innovative mindset that's going to go, yeah, we can do this. We can so do this, you know. Um, OK, let's talk about an area that, that another area that's definitely a huge problem right now, and that's burnout. So uh, if we talk a little bit about burnout nursing, it's, you know, when do you think that started or do you think it was just, you know, because of the pandemic? Uh, or how would you say that relationship there? Yeah, huge problem. But, you know, burnout is really a work-related stress syndrome. And it's emotional exhaustion, um, depersonalization, reduced personal accomplishment. Nurse burnout is related to nurses deteriorating mental health and poor patient care, the quality of care. And thus, it's a significant concern in healthcare. Um, it is a very real and debilitating emotional and physical state for anyone. Um, and what has happened with the onset of the pandemic is that the demand on the acute healthcare system has continued to increase with absolutely no relief in sight for long periods of times. And as the patients were getting sicker and the isolation required due to the virus, families not being allowed to see them, they were restricted and nurses were increasingly unable to provide care the way they felt that they needed to provide care for their patients' needs and what they deserve. And it led to this daily, daily grind of feeling that they were not good enough. And, and if you feel that you are not good enough to provide that care, and compounded by loss of life, no family support allowed for the patients, 
it literally was unlike anything that our acute care uh, systems has experienced. So burnout has been going on in professions forever, but it can be easily hidden right you you you've got excess oh let's just let's just move her along she's not functioning so you know it became kind of a personal responsibility what happened during the last several years and living you know experiencing the pandemic was that now we had such a huge shift in focus to acute care and all of a sudden everybody needed that care and everybody realized that there wasn't enough staff to look after all those patients that were there. And that was the, that was the biggest insight that all of a sudden burnout was everywhere and nurses were deep into it. Um, so, you know, on that note, because you're coaching and helping these nurses, let's talk a little bit about how you do this and your approach to mm-hmm. it. So if you could elaborate a little bit on on how do you help nurses? Well, you know, when I have the privilege to coach a nurse or any healthcare provider for that matter, it all starts with listening and really hearing what is being said. It sometimes takes time to allow a person, again, because most of these people are, they're not where they want to be. They're overwhelmed. They're, you know, they get up in the middle of the night and they're thinking, oh my gosh, like I, I just, you know, I just can't even go to work anymore. But it takes time to allow that person that I'm working with to find out, give, allow them to come up with the words to express what is going on for them um, in their heart, in their mind, and let their emotions out. And then once they've poured all those emotions and feelings out, we can begin to talk about what they would love for their life and for their career. And what their values and beliefs are, it's, it would be surprising to you how many people have never never made the connection that the decisions they make are based on their values and beliefs, and they've never really stopped to think about, well, what matters to me? What do I believe about that? And that's another thing that has come out um out of the pandemic because there's so much us and them and back and forth and all this stuff and and it's really stressed nurses out a lot but again it's made them realize like I have to think about you know which which you know, which side am I on what do I believe you know again and it's made us really think about in our profession what have what are the principles that our profession is built on um, so it's been um, you know Understanding those things and just thinking about them um, is really, really important. Um, and it's it's important here to mention that every nurse is a whole person. Um, they are part of some family. They're part. They have people that care about them. Um, right. Like the, they know the things that they like to do, the hobbies that they have. Work is only a small piece of who they are and what they do. Now, for most nurses, they go into it for all kinds of, you know, real, real um, reasons, and they really care about this. Um, but what happens at work affects them and how they show up at home and what is going on at home can affect them at work. So it's a whole thing. You know, so when, you know, people often have referred to work-life balance and I don't, when you, when you think of balance, it's like there's, there, there's a scale, right? And it, it goes this way or that way. But I like to think of it as um, not, not, um, you know, a scale, but of harmony, work-life harmony. So, when you come to work, what's happened at home is affecting you at work and what you take home from work and what's happened here. You know, you you know, again, this whole idea of when you drive, you know, you get home, sit in the car, breathe, just let it go before right. you go in and greet your family. And I, you know, 
nurses could tell you stories that would curl your hair about, you know, them coming home and sleeping in a garage for all these months because they didn't want to infect their kids and all kinds of stories. So we have a lot of healing to do in this regard. Um, but along with, you know, it's interesting because along with coaching nurses individually, I actually ran a small program uh, to explore how group coaching would serve nurses. And I was thinking that, you know, there would be, um, you know, sort of there's those new nurses that have been in nursing less than five years. They've just come out of academia and they're trying to fit in. And it's a tough field to to, to be included in and to, to right. get on boarded because it takes a lot of mentoring and nurses don't even have time for that. So it's like, oh, you know, we get this new nurse. Well, how's that going to help us? And so those new nurses are struggling a lot and it's, it's not fair. We need to address that. And then... Um, then there's those nurses between five and 25 years of practice, and they've been in the thick of things, and they're not feeling like they're being heard. They're in blame game and victim mode, and and they're they're just totally stressed. And the last thing they need is to mentor that new nurse. Um, and then, so I thought, no, see, they needed another kind of uh, care support. And then there are those executive nurses, those middle, those middle or upper management, and they're right. expected to take the message from on high down to their nurses, make it happen, get the budget done and make sure it, it's all working. But that is they're in a real stuck place, too, because, again, what we find is they're not listening to the nurses. They're not taking that message up. They're just delivering and they're not supporting you know, the the systems redesign that needs to happen. And you know what I learned from listening to this group of nurses in my pilot was the last thing that they wanted was to be put in a silo. They didn't want to be in one of those silos. They wanted to learn from each other. They wanted to find out, well, you're the nurse manager. How come I haven't had an evaluation for five years? Like those are the small right. details, but they wanted to understand all the nurses in all capacities and so that was a huge learning curve for me um and and so for me now as i mean it's meant that i've transitioned my coaching when working into working with groups of nurses as well and it's really a much richer conversation nice yeah i like that that's uh it's amazing and i, I mean i can see that that you're doing a lot to try and help here and your approach to whether it's a new nurse or a nurse that's been around a long time or whatever it is, everybody's kind of approach is different. It, it's funny though, it did make me think, you know, a lot of times when I've been talking and giving a, a, a talk somewhere that many times when I see people struggling with different things and, and we all are, and some may be worse than others, but a lot of times that's how we render it, right? So I always say everybody says, you know, if, if the first thing you have to do is when you're really hurting like that, is you really have to start taking a different view to it. You have to stand back and say, wait a minute, you know, because there's, there's, you know, like Charles Swindle said a long time ago, 10% of what happens to us is beyond our control and the other 90s, how we respond or react to it. And that is so true, right? It's down yeah. to attitude. And I know it yeah. hasn't been nice for nurses in many ways and absolutely. But if you, if you find you're stuck in that victimhood mode and all that kind of stuff, that's not going to make you progress at all either. That's a more no. negative connotation. No. And so that's a shame. So let me ask you, so what are the strategies that you would usually apply to, to take nurses from burned out and questioning their vocation to thriving and, and, and fulfilled caregivers? So this is kind of building off what you said. Mm -hmm. uh, can you give me an idea what that is like? 
Yeah, well, so so what we're going through right now in healthcare is very much a systems problem. And what I mean by that is that we know that 94% of the results that we get in any business, so healthcare is certainly one of them, and doesn't matter what kind of businesses or what kind of work, but from and whether the results are good or bad, but they come from the systems that we have in place. So our healthcare system has our health professions professionals so burned out, exhausted, and abandoning a, pre, a, a profession that they once loved. And the most caring thing that we can do for our healthcare staff right now is to actually provide them with good systems in which they can deliver care. So instead of the current ones, which are so bad, they're burning out staff, we got to do something different. So how will we do this? Well, it all starts with listening and documenting the issues that nurses, for example, are, are, are dealing with. Um, on a daily basis and that they struggle with. So it's it's not just about, you know, it's not about going and protesting that we need more money. I don't think nurses are really, that's really what they're saying. They struggle with the care of their patients and for the families that they're dealing with. Um, and once you once you start to identify, okay, keep talking. What is the issue? What is it? And you get it all. Just let it all let it all rise to out, rise up from inside them until they don't even they they just feel they've exhausted all the challenges that, that they've had. Um, and then from there, you can start to get clarity on the priority challenges, organizing them and saying, okay, what do we need to do first? And it isn't those big IT, you know, tech issues that we're going to address. It's little things, you know, is the coffee room clean? Can I, can I have a, can I actually go for lunch today? Can I have a bathroom break? Like how do we build that in? So does that mean we need different staffing levels and different staffing patterns and all of those things? And you know, it's not the same for every care, for every care unit. So again, it's not like you design a system and say, okay, all the units are going to be like this because that's not what patient care is. So there again, the nurses can tell you what is needed for the care of that patient. That's what they're trained in. That's right. what they're experienced in. And that's who we who we really have to, to, to look at. Um, and again, so we 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 start to get clarity we we look at the priority changes that need to be made and then we engage in the sources and how are we going to do this but unfortunately the health the leadership in healthcare isn't going to do that and it's not because that they're heartless it's but it's because they're really kind of ignorant to the power of systems to define the quality of care for patients and work life for staff so right. Nurses need that educating and that training in systems-based uh, problem solving, and as we can get that into into that into nursing, then um, we will see start to see the changes. And if we don't improve the systems, we can't improve outcomes and sustainability and resolve the problems. Yeah, that was beautifully stated. By the way, I. Um... I can absolutely relate to this in my world with with our platform when we talk to a lot of people in healthcare and and you know when I discuss the workflow to acquiring new talent and you sit there and you listen to it and you go my God when was this built 1980 you know what I mean and maybe even older because back then whenever that is that it was built uh, up until maybe even five ten years ago. You you know you could have a guaranteed influx of candidates all the time. Put it on a job board mm -hmm. like Indeed or RNAO and all this stuff, and then bang bang bang. And now 
those there's a lot less candidates and there's a lot less stuff and and still people are going well this is the way we've always done it mindset it's the processes are exactly the same and i'm going no you have to hunt now and they go oh yeah well we're you know we've got stuff on facebook and i'm going do you know anybody under 26 on facebook and they're like uh no yeah it's not about you it's about the candidate it, you have to get out of your comfort zone and our people are like oh What's that mean? I don't know what to do. Or, you know, you have to really hunt. You have to find them. And it's more than social media. Like we use a 15 step marketing plan. And yeah, we're all over social media. Like it's one of our steps. We even do TikToks because we have to be where people are. But the truth of the matter is, is these systems are so old and they're dated and they're and they're built on a proactive mindset. And that is just waiting for things to come in. Now you have to hunt and you have to have a different mindset. And so this is, you see, this is the problem. And for a lot of people in HR, they're struggling because they don't know what to do. They're out of their, their element. And it's a very similar thing. Uh, sure, a totally different department, but uh, you know what I mean. So, okay. So Let me if give you, you an example. Us. You just reminded me of a story, James. Like, yeah. so this was a situation I just heard from a nurse um, you know, over over the holidays, as a matter of fact. Yeah. So so she she works. She is a a, a, a a relief nurse. So she works casual, part time casual. And she goes to many different units and she works in an acute care setting. Now, these nurses are golden because, again, if you're a float nurse, you often will go to specific areas because, yeah. you know, just like you wouldn't want a heart surgeon doing your brain surgery. It's the same thing with nurses. They get very they have amazing um, talent in certain areas. But this nurse was very valuable because she would go to many different areas and she had been working for 15 years during the pandemic. Um, you know, as a single parent, she was struggling with kids in school, out of school, home, this. And so she said, you know, I just need to take a break. And she you know, said, applied to HR and said, I'm just going to um, go on a leave of absence for six to eight months. I just want to take a leave of absence. Then I'll come back when things are settled down. Maybe the next school year starts or whatever. And she wasn't allowed to do that. She was not allowed to do that. So here's a here's a here's an example of a systems problem. So the HR system said, no, if you're a float nurse, you have to you can't you can't be on leave right. of absence. Why? So we then so when we see stats like so she had to resign. So now that's going to show up on stats that say, look at all the nurses that are resigning. No, that wasn't the situation. She had to quit. And now she's, you know, she's now she's looking, well, do I really want to come back? And we're going, yes, you have you have a lot of service inside of you. This is what you care about. This is what you love to do. So the, it, sometimes it's just a little tiny thing like that. So HR isn't working with the staff and what they need. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. OK, so you're already sharing a story. <laughs> Which is great because it kind of goes to my next question about talking about these successful stories. And I know we're 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 running out of time here, but I I wondered if maybe you could share, uh, you know, a sort of brief successful story of, um, you know, your coaching with nurses. Okay, if you could mm -hmm. share that with us, would you mind? You know, um, yeah, I'll share one that that I just love. So I actually had the um, opportunity to coach a student nurse. And um, she and, you know, she she said to me, she, she wrote a great testimony to me. And one of the things she said is that she knew that there were things in her life that she wanted to change and that she needed to invest in herself. 
Um, right. But she right. was often felt frustrated, stressed, angry in both her personal and her professional roles. She just struggled to make decisions, especially when people disagreed with her choices. Um, she was just all over the place and not doing well at all. And when we started working together, um, I helped, she said, Darlene's work with me helped me to adopt other perspectives. So rather than just keep seeing the way the things I did, it was really about a mindset shift for her. Mm -hmm. um, just like, and she was, she would often assume that um, everything that was happening was her, to her was her fault. Um, and mm -hmm. that when people were unpleasant to her, that was her fault. And she really started to, when we started to uncover her core values and um, their fundamental role in her life and how she could use them to recognize what's most important for her at any crossroads, it was like a light bulb what went on for her. And I used to, I always tell, tell my clients, I said, I'm just, I'm just the cocoon. I'm holding you in a cocoon and from our work together, you will emerge to the right. person that's inside of you that's meant to be there. Um, and the other thing that, you know, she often said, and again, I hear this from all the nurses I coach is that you're a nurse, Darlene. You understand what it's like when I tell you a story, when I share something, you understand, you've probably lived that exact same experience. And so... Um, yeah, and it's for, to see where this young nurse has gone and how she's excelled in her career just warms my heart. And I'm so grateful that, you know, she she saw the, the value of being coached and just it, her her career has really taken off. And it's just such a great story. Yeah, I love hearing stuff like that because, you know, a lot of times they have these beautiful people. As I always say, everyone's awesome. And a lot of times they forget why or maybe they've never known why or no one's ever made them feel that way. And I, I think it's really important that what you're doing because you're, you know, this is this is this is really your time to shine because we need you more than ever. Nurses do is what I mean. Um, OK. So where can nurses and healthcare workers get in contact with you since you're saying that they're going to need yeah. you? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, um, uh, I feel the best way to connect with people is through conversation. I mean, I think that's quite clear from our conversation today. Yeah. Um, and it's the start of listening to to what people are saying, what someone wants and what they want to share. So my, I just would would love it if people would just reach out to me directly. I'm on LinkedIn. They can, I you know, just send me an email uh, or, you know, call me so I can give you my number to share uh, with people and just give me a call. Leave me a message and say, you know, hey, I want to tell you about what's happening with me or can we have a right. conversation and we will set up a time for us to have a conversation. Um because that's how it all starts. It all yeah. it all starts. Yeah, I found you on LinkedIn, and uh, and I'm really glad I did. And uh, <laughs> excellent. So okay, I got one more question. It's my personal fave question. What's it like being awesome? <laughs> so you you're know what? Like, you know what? what do I, say I, I had I had someone <laughs> ask me a question like, "What are you passionate about?" And for me, there you go. I'm passionate. <laughs> what I'm passionate about, and I, I know that in my when I coach people, it comes it comes out even more. But especially when I hear when I go back and look at you know how I've been able to help people is, I want people everybody to be to to just to live to their full potential. Yeah, that's all. 
not something beyond what they can do, but just live to your full potential. And for nurses, if we, if I could help more nurses live to their full nursing potential, that would mean their whole life would be healthier, happier. Um, and you know, I say that after all those years in working in neuroscience and you know, in, on, you know, fixing broken brains and bodies in the acute healthcare system, I've now shifted upstream to focus on building better brains and bodies. And right. that's what I'm all about. And if I can help you be the most um, passionate, successful, powerful person in your life and feel that you're doing what you're on this earth to do, that's what I want to do. I love that. Beautifully stated. Great way to close our session because I'm out of time. Um, I want to thank you so much, Darlene. This was not only insightful and very informative and wonderful, uh, it's just it's great because you have such a beautiful demeanor. You can tell that you're authentic and real and you really want to make a difference. So thank you so much. Thank you for the opportunity. It's my pleasure. Take care. Bye.